do. Does that make sense? Three talks. The person of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the work of the Holy Spirit. When, um, did you notice that in those passages where Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit, he seems to be really excited that he's going back to be with the Father and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the disciples aren't that happy about it. They, they love having Jesus with them. They don't want to lose him. They're really sad that he's going, aren't they? That's a bad thing as far as they're concerned. But he's thinking, this is a really good thing that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. Because you see, I don't know if they realise this, but Jesus knew better than them. <laughs> right. Since the beginning of creation, we were made to have a deep intimacy with God. We are, we are made to know God deeply. And when, with, the, with the coming of the Spirit... We know God so deeply he dwells within us. We know God himself in the most beautiful and intimate way. So that as such, you know, we walk with God in the cool of the evening. That's what we were created for. So when Jesus was uh, saying to the disciples, it's really good, I'm going to be with the Father and then I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, then you can all have that intimacy with God himself all the time. Can you see the beauty of that? Sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, and I, and I, I don't want to talk too much about the, the negative side of things in the sense of um, people having crazy ideas, but often when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about what does the Holy Spirit do for us? What are the blessings of the Holy Spirit and things like that? And the number one blessing, which I want to tell you, is that you know God by the Holy Spirit. That's the best thing you could ever have, is to know God intimately and deeply. Do you get that? And when the Holy Spirit comes to you, which happens when you trust in Jesus, you actually can know God. And that's why Jesus was excited to say, I'm going to pour out the Spirit on you. You're going to be able to know Him. It, it, it seems funny, though, uh, on the negative side, or a bit weird, really, that when people talk about the Holy Spirit, they immediately say, and this is what you'll get from him, and he'll do this, and he'll do that, and he'll give you this, and give you that. Why is that weird? Well, you know Jack. Here's Jack. Just imagine, uh, you don't know Jack, and I introduce you, and I say, oh, by the way, this is my friend Jack. And Fraser's just introduced Jack, and Fraser says, well, what's he going to do for me? What am I going to get out of him? Um, that would be weird, wouldn't it? It would be weird if we only spoke of the Holy Spirit in terms not of who he is, but on what we can get out of him. What is he going to do for us? Because firstly and foremostly, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we know God himself. And that's the, that's the big bit. We have God living with us so intimately the disciples were more intimate with God when they had the Holy Spirit than when they had Jesus walking around with them. Because when Jesus was walking around with them, they weren't talking to him all day long. Sometimes he was spending time with Peter and James and John and not with me, you know. And, and sometimes he, Jesus was over there praying or sleeping or eating or preparing or whatever he does. But the Holy Spirit is God's intimate presence with us at every moment. You're allowed to ask questions, but do you understand what I'm saying? 
This is the beautiful thing about the Spirit of God living with us. And just so uh, you know, um, in Romans 8, verse uh, 9, he says this, um, You, however, are not controlled by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And you might say, well, does the Spirit of God live in me? If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So when you belong to Christ, you have the Spirit of Christ. When you receive the Holy Spirit, when you put your faith in Jesus. Now there's a sense that everybody in this world is upheld and upheld and kept alive by the Holy Spirit. But that intimate beauty of a relationship comes when you put your faith in Jesus. Why? Because when you put your faith in Jesus... Jesus has washed you and cleansed you and made you holy so that you can receive the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the Holy Spirit without being made holy. Yep. We've got an exciting crowd this morning. Come on. Normally when people talk about the Holy Spirit, someone says, Amen, preach it, brother, or something, unless you're going to sleep. So... Christ makes us pure and holy and washed so we are completely new, born again of the Holy Spirit and then we are fit to receive the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives in us. That's a restoration of biblical proportions back to how we were created to be. And so the joy of being a Christian Number one is we can know God. Yep. I, I know it's, I'm looking forward to a new body. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm looking forward to not having the sinful nature. I'm looking forward to all that. But the number one thing that I'm looking forward to is to know God every moment, all the time, without the, the blockages and distractions and everything else. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are made to know God. And so when Jesus says, I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit on you, this is awesome. And it is. Okay, that's my introduction. If you remember nothing else from this weekend, that would be a good thing to go home with. Um, The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of the Father because the Father gives the Spirit. He's also called the Spirit of the Son. The, the, The Son pours out the Spirit. You can't separate the Holy Spirit from God the Father and the Son as if, as, as I often say, people think, well, the Father, you know, he's a bit angry with us and kind of that sort of stuff. And then you've got Jesus, well, he's nice because he saves us. And then you've got the Holy Spirit who's just with us all the time and a friend. So the Holy Spirit's lovely. God the Father, you just watch out for him a little bit. You know, There is only one will in the Godhead. Yep. God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit have one will. And actually, we saw in that passage that uh, from John that it says the Holy Spirit will not do anything of his own. He will take what is the Father's and give it to you, which sounds a lot like what Jesus was like, wasn't it? Jesus said, all that the Father gives me, I give to you. So there's only one will in the Godhead. So if people start drawing uh, artificial distinctions about what um, the Spirit's like compared to the Father and the Son, they are different in the sense that God has sent the Holy Spirit to us now. But there is only one will. So uh, uh, everything we have comes from him. 
Now, the Holy Spirit is a person. That's also a really... I always make this point. I'm sorry I get repetitive. But if you don't get this, you end up a Buddhist or someone who watches Star Wars and believes in the Force or you're into the Word of Faith movement, right? Which has the Word of Faith movement has the Holy Spirit as kind of a power source but not a person. Do you understand? So what happens is uh, it's kind of like When you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll get power, which is absolutely true, except for you get more than that. You get the intimate presence of God, not just a power source. You get a God you know. Um, He is not an it. When people talk about... You want to rile me up, it would get me annoyed internally when people say, it came to me. It's like, no, he's a person. Otherwise, what are you talking about? I received this power like the force. Luke Skywalker got that. Yeah, it's like this connection with the power of the universe or something. That's not God. God is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And you can actually come to know him. Yeah? You have an intimacy with God by the Holy Spirit. Not just a power source. Do you get that? It's worth being passionate about that point. Um, it's, the Bible speaks things about the Holy Spirit... Grieving. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? I, I think on the other side, you could delight the Holy Spirit. Um, you can't do that with a power source, can you? You yeah, ever notice that? The PowerPoint that you plug your phone in, whatever into never says, oh, I'm excited about this. It's just power, just electrons. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. It says, uh, the Bible tells us in those passages there, you can look them up. That he has knowledge and understanding. He submits to God. The power source doesn't submit. He's a person. But mostly, just see John 16, verse 13 to 14, just to back up what I'm saying. We, we just read that, but it says, uh, Jesus said in verse 13, but when he... The spirit of truth comes. Did you hear that? He. He will guide you into all truth. Now, by the way, the Greek there for the word he is, it means he. (laughs) Just so you know. Just in case you get confused about that. Right? So they've translated the Greek word for he and they've written down he. Because it's talking about a person. Okay? He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, that's to Jesus, by taking what is mine and making it known to you. Who tells you about what Jesus is like? The Holy Spirit does. He takes who Jesus is, he reminds you, he teaches you, you read the word, the Bible, and as you do, the Holy Spirit brings Jesus to life. Yeah? All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said this. The Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So did you see there Jesus said, the Spirit will take all that's about me and make it known to you. That's Jesus. And he will let you know all about the Father. So in in Galatians 4, verse 4, well, we'll go to verse 6. It says there, because you are sons or children of God, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, 
the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. How can you know God the Father? The Holy Spirit reveals him to you. And you can know God the Father. All this is to say, the key thing that we find is that the Holy Spirit is a person and when we get to know him, we know God. And everything you know about God, I'm going to say this again on Sunday, everything you've experienced of God, all the truth of God, if you've ever believed in Jesus, if you've ever called God Father, if you've ever seen the wonder of God working in your life, that has come to you by the Holy Spirit. It's all the Holy Spirit. Everything we know of God is the Holy Spirit working. And, and Jesus went back to heaven. He poured out the Holy Spirit on us because that was his intention, that we could enjoy all the blessings of knowing God and living with God in the power of the Holy Spirit, not just on our own. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will pour out my Holy Spirit on you. It's not very exciting, is it? Okay. So then when people talk about to be full of the Holy Spirit, and uh, there's a number of examples in the passages there, um, it says in Acts 6 that they picked some men to distribute the food who were full of the Holy Spirit. Um, it says of Barnabas that he was a man full of the Holy Spirit and faith. They go together, really, don't they? Because the Holy Spirit brings faith. And um, in Ephesians 5.18, it says, go on, the Greek says there, go on continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's to live, first and foremost, in a deep relational fullness with God. To know Him. Yep. I was reading a passage the other day. I, I, I have to say, I, I find it very convicting. It's in 1 Corinthians 3. And, and Paul talks about the works that we do. And he says, you know, some of your works is like gold and it'll all be tested by fire. And some like silver and some like wood and some like straw. And the fire, what's going to happen when, when the fire gets on the straw? It's all gone. You know, if, if you burn straw, there ain't nothing left afterwards, is it? It's just gone. Yep. I, I find that very convicting because I know that so much of my works are like straw. Not because, I'm not talking about, you know, we say, oh, well, you might preach or lead a Bible study or pray with people, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 do all that. But you see, what makes works of gold? Works are of gold when they come from a deep relational intimacy with God himself. Can you see that? Without that, you're just doing stuff for God. Yep, you just live in the church factory. The heart of Christianity is a relationship with God, isn't it? What turns straw into gold? Well, a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. So when you know him, and then all of a sudden, you see, uh, often people think, oh, and they say, oh, I haven't got the words to say, and I find it hard to talk to people, and I find it hard to do this and that. Anybody ever say that? And I never seem to get my words right. Well, you see, if you are in that deep, intimate relationship with God, even when you don't get your words right, the Holy Spirit works through you and the power of God works through you and actually you achieve more than some bloke who stands up the front and raves on like I do. Do you get what I'm saying? Intimacy with the Holy Spirit is what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we sometimes might think to be filled with the Holy Spirit, 
would be someone who has a great confidence. No, 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 you can, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and you have, we all have our doubts and we have our hard days. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that you have some supernatural charisma, you know, be that person who just speaks and all the words are wise and stuff like that. No, 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 you'll just be you filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. Um, of course, shouting and pacing up and down the stage, that's a sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit, right? No. No. You can fake all that. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is first and foremost about a relationship with God. Has anyone got questions on that? Because this is really, really important. That's the fullness of God. It's the joy of knowing the Holy Spirit as he reveals to us the Father and the Son. Okay, now I don't need to tell you that the Holy Spirit was there in creation because you, I, know, I think you know that. And, but there's some verses there you can read about that. But, um, but, but the Holy Spirit was prior to creation. And I want to look at one verse carefully, and that's Hebrews 9 verse 14. I'll read it at, uh, first and then we'll go back over it. It says, how much more than, that's how much more than doing the ceremonial rituals of killing uh, animals, which is pretty cool because it seems like Fraser's built us an altar here. We're not going to kill any animals on this altar today. Uh, so, so that's not an altar. It's just a, a table to hold my notes. So. But um, how much more than, than the blood of bulls and cows and, and sheep and stuff, then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, do you notice it said eternal spirit? That means the Holy Spirit's always been. Okay? Holy Spirit's always been God, always been with God, always been God. Okay? God didn't invent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there at creation, wasn't he? He was over the waters and, and it's like he was putting everything together, brooding over creation. Holy Spirit's always been. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Now, I think you could spend a month on that verse. And maybe you should. But what it's saying is, Jesus shed his blood for you to wash you from all his sins. Yes? You know that? And how, how, how washed did he do? He, he's saying, in the old days you killed sheep. Did that really do anything? No. That didn't actually, that was a sign of what Christ would do. But Christ has completely um, washed you so that you are unblemished before God. And so that knowing that you're unblemished before God, you have a cleansed conscience so that you know you can come to God. There's nothing between you. And by the way, where does all that come from? How does that come to you? By the Holy Spirit. It is definitely through Jesus, but by the Holy Spirit. Jesus has done this for you and the Holy Spirit brings the truth of it to you, brings the fact of it to you. What Jesus has done is fact, historical fact. It's real. And the Holy Spirit makes it come alive in you. Salvation becomes yours the forgiveness of sins, so that you have a clean conscience, you no longer do acts that lead to death, so that you do what? 
so that you may serve the living God. Right. What does it mean to serve the living God? Well, you see, in, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the way that it's describing things there, when you had just say, I don't know, maybe you used a glass of water for some of your ceremonial purposes, right? Before you used it, what you would do is you would give it a special wipe with the, with the ceremonial cloth to make it clean. The cloth might have... It, it's not about bacterial clean. It's not that thing, right? It, it's a ceremonial washing. But what did that mean? It means that this glass is set apart for the purposes of God. Or there's another word that they used for set apart. Holy. To be holy is to be set apart for a purpose. Yeah? So, what I'm saying is this. Christ has washed you from all your sins. He has made you new. By the, and, and the Holy Spirit has brought this salvation to you so that you are now holy and set apart, not just to sit there and look pretty, but to serve the living God. How? Through the Holy Spirit, who's still working in you. Can you see that? What a, what, a, what a wonderful verse that is. So the Holy Spirit works through us, applies new life to us, and then we get to live the life of the Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it does. It's... Um, no, I didn't explain that bit, um, but maybe maybe I will do that. Is that today's session? Um, if you jumped over um, to page two, the top of that, where I've got that verse again, uh, we'll, I'll just answer your question now on that. The Holy Spirit brings salvation to us. The Holy Spirit empowered by Jesus to go, uh, empowered Jesus to go to the cross and accomplish the works of redemption. So that says that Jesus went to the cross in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. It also says that he was raised uh, from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's in uh, Romans 8, verse 11, which says, um, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is in you, is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So, the Holy Spirit raised Christ from the dead. Um, and then it also says that the Holy Spirit took Jesus to the right hand of the Father. That's in Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. What I'm saying is that everything that Jesus did was in the power of the Holy Spirit. In accordance, you understand, or if you look at um, Acts uh, 10, verse um, 38, Peter says this, and you heard about how, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Jesus did all things in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, that's not to say he didn't have a power and authority of his own. It's just to say that God is working in all in all. So, um, And then um, the Holy Spirit draws people to salvation. You can't, you know, you can't believe in Jesus without the Holy Spirit actually, as our friend John Scriven says, unless the Holy Spirit turns on the switch, you ain't going to believe in Jesus. Right. It's like he says, 
but he was doing it. The light switch in you, the Holy Spirit comes and turns it on, then you get it. You, don't, you can't trust in Jesus without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit draws you. The Holy Spirit teaches you who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit teaches you who the Father is. And then you can know God. Maybe you can call that predestination simplified. Yep. But he does that. And you can't know God without the Holy Spirit. And everything of your salvation comes to you by the Holy Spirit. Um, did I answer your question? Yep. The terror of sin is, uh, is found in uh, Genesis 6, fairly early in the Bible. Um, well, it's found before that. But in terms of the Holy Spirit, it says um, before the flood, God says this, The Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, he is to be, he, for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. In other words, God's saying, now, because there's sin in the heart, my spirit is contending, fighting against humanity. That's actually a horrible thing about sin is that we actually fight with God who is there. And so it's like there's this judgment that has to come because created humanity is fighting against the Holy Spirit. Um. Okay. I've talked for 25 minutes. It's almost enough, isn't it? Are you getting, you're getting what I've got to say in this first part? I'll just, I'll just extend. I'll just do the spirit and the gospels quickly, that part there. Because I want you to see that when Jesus appeared at the start of the gospels, do you know when we talk about the gospels, we're talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. But uh, we particularly, if you just, if you want to open your Bible just to John, uh, to, to Luke, and I'm just going to read a number of verses to get this to see when Jesus appeared, the Holy Spirit was doing a whole lot of work, and you've got to see the Holy Spirit was was it was in action. So in Luke one fifteen, you have um, uh, a, a, a prophecy. Uh, uh, sorry, the angel speaking to Zechariah about John the Baptist. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will ne- he's never to take uh, <clears throat> wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. That's John the Baptist. In um, Luke one thirty five, this is um, the angel talking to Jesus. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the one, born, uh, the one to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit would uh, cause the conception of Jesus. In verse 41, uh, Elizabeth says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In verse 67, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, was filled with the Holy Spirit and he prophesied. In chapter 2, verse 27, um, where are we? This is um, uh, Simeon, who's been waiting for the coming of the Messiah. Moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts and he, and he meets Jesus, the baby there, with Mary and Joseph. Um, in Luke 3, 20, 21, where are we up to? Is it? 21, 22, sorry. 
When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descending on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son whom I love and you, in, you, with you I am well pleased. The father's there speaking of, of the, his delight with the son and the Holy Spirit comes and fills Jesus and uh, prepares him to do all of his ministry as, as king and saviour. And then um, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the devil, into the desert to be tempted by the devil in chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert. In, chapter, in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. In verse 14, uh, sorry, 17 or 18, Jesus gets up in front of the, uh, the uh, synagogue and he says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Okay, I'm going to stop there, but just want you to see that the Holy Spirit is doing everything in Jesus' ministry. The Holy Spirit is doing everything in our ministry, but it comes first and foremost about a deep, intimate relationship with God, which we know is what Jesus lived and had. You were created to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You were created to be filled by God and to know him deeply. And if you ever want joy or satisfaction or anything that you ache for in this world, it will come through being filled with the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and and he will reveal to you the Son and the Father and everything you ever need. I'll stop for now and um, I want to stop with a prayer. Father, as we've talked about your spirit and and just the wonderful... uh, thing it is to be in a relationship with you I pray that you would renew in us our desire to be uh, in that intimate relationship with you I pray that you would pour out your spirit that we might live in that fullness to know you and the blessing it is to be your children who are filled with you who, who are close to you all the time and father that, that that would be the ache of our hearts and I pray that it would be your very spirit who puts that ache in our hearts And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.